Hey everyone, do you love movies? Do you like betting? If you do, then Box Office Bets is the podcast for you. With Tom Cunningham and myself, Brian Ortega, we'll guide you through Oscar season with our breakdown of each Oscar contender and give you our projections based on what the betting market is saying about each Oscar race. Make sure to check us out every week as we focus on a specific movie and break down its best chances to win right here on Box Office Bets. Hey everybody, welcome to Concierge Confidential. I'm your host, Brian Ortega, and we're back with another episode this week. And we're going to be highlighting bachelor parties. So uh, I actually got a couple messages, which I love getting them. Thank you so much, everybody who sends over uh, questions you might have about your upcoming trip to Las Vegas. And I have to say, I get very excited to actually answer these. Um, sometimes it takes a couple days because I do have like a regular job, uh, but I do try to get around to all of them. And one of my more favorite ones was uh, a question about a bachelor party that they were coming out to and they needed some recommendations for uh, a couple different things. So I get really excited about it. So I actually thought this would be a really great time to actually do a highlighted episode of Bachelor Party specifically. So um, there are going to be two different episodes. So there's going to be Bachelor Parties and there's also going to be Bachelorette Parties because they are two totally different things. And whether you believe it or not, uh, life is different here for men and women, you know, just like any place else. But especially here where everything kind of depends on whether you are male or female. Um, so uh, what I mean by that is that there are different prices at the door for nightclubs, um, getting like f like free, like uh, what do you call it, um, free VIP line passes. That m depends if you're male or female as well. So even though a lot of the world has progressed, uh, Las Vegas still has those kind of hangups. So... Um, it's just a thing. You kind of just live with it. You just, that's, that's the way the world is here in Las Vegas. So you just sort of learn to, to live with it. And you also learn to have a lot of friends that who are female. So that is usually very helpful, but life is very different, you know, for people who come to Vegas for bachelor parties. So I'm very excited to jump into the bachelor party episode and that's coming up next. Hey everybody, this is Brian Ortega from Concierge Confidential, and this episode is brought to you by AO Painting, who have been experts in specialized coating, servicing Arizona for over 40 years. AO Painting specializes in industrial projects and are a one-stop shop for sandblasting, industrial painting, waterproofing, and much, much more. To see more of their work and to get a quote, you can visit aopaintinginc.com. That's aopaintinginc.com. AO Painting, where specialized is where we start. All right, everybody, so we are back, and now I'm going to jump into some of the keys to having a good bachelor party. So uh, the thing is, I know that you're here to have a good time. You're here on vacation. You're really just trying to, you know, have a good time with your boys and, you know, just, you know, not think about the world back home for a while. So that's cool. Totally fine. You can leave your phones at home, whatever you want to do. Um, first rule is you probably shouldn't be posting anything on social that you do not want your girlfriends or wives or, you know, to see. So that's probably like rule number one, because, you know, it can get pretty wild here or just put on your close friends list. Who knows? But anyways, these are some of the keys that I actually want to highlight um, about having a bachelor party here in Las Vegas. So a couple different things. One, you should probably have somebody who is a planner to help plan the bachelor party. Is that the best man? Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's somebody else in the group. Uh, for example, I am very much a planner. That is very much my thing. 
I like to be in control of things for the most part, even when I'm not the person who's supposed to be the point person for anything. Uh, I end up becoming like the dad of the group, even though I have zero children and have no idea how I get saddled with that all the time. I just feel like um, doing what I used to do, which is concierging, is that you do become very uh, reliable in terms of knowing when things are supposed to happen, knowing when you're supposed to be someplace. And um, I actually get a lot of anxiety when we like miss a reservation or we're late or anything like that. So for some people, it's no big deal. For people like me who um, get very anxious about things like that, it's 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 a very intense experience. So um, one, you should have somebody who's kind of the planner. If you can have a group of guys who can be the planners, like maybe one or two guys, that's usually what happens anyways. Usually the planner usually has somebody that they you know connect with during the party or the group. And that becomes sort of like the helper, essentially. Um, so I've been to a couple bachelor parties, one where it was here in Las Vegas, one was on a cruise ship. And the one that was on the cruise ship was awesome because all I had to do was basically say, how much is this going to be? Pay them the money, and then I'm there. And then it ended up being like when we got off in, in, in Mexico, because that's where one of the stops was, was that kind of became the sort of connector with uh, the the people around town. So um, what that means is sort of like knowing how to communicate, sort of getting the vibe of people and going from there. So again, you're probably going to end up having this at some point, but if you don't, you certainly should sort of set up somebody as the point person to like hold the tickets, keep you on schedule, keep an idea of what's coming in, coming out, obviously, in terms of like transportation, have the phone number for the transport guy, is this the hardest job of the bachelor party? Yes, 100% it is. So just know that if you are going to be this person, it is a little bit stressful, but really try to have a good time while you're still out there. So just sort of set up things of like to remember, like I have to be here at this time. That's the most, that's, those are important things. So just know you are not, you know, underutilized or underappreciated in your group. Um, number two, this goes into this planning thing is you don't have to have a super set plan. Nobody wants to be on an itinerary. That's the, I'm not trying to say you guys have to be on an itinerary. So what I'm trying to let you know is it's actually for your own good to actually set up a couple, a little bit of a plan. Uh, how I would recommend this, this is sort of how I always recommend if you're booking like a bachelor party or a bachelorette party is that have light plans have very, very loosely based plans that you kind of have to be there, but you're not going to get penalized for it. So just note that if you do have a very large group, like for anything more than like eight people, for example, anything more than eight people, a lot of places require you to put a credit card down on file because you are taking up at least three or four tables for your particular group. So just know sort of in advance that that is something that you have to know going into it. So Try to make reserve. So your group size does depend on what kind of experience you're going to have in Las Vegas. Obviously, the more people in your group, the more expensive things will be. But also, like sort of like in between, it's supposed to be cheaper. Uh, for example, nightclubs. Nightclubs tend to make you have a, a, like sort of a table maximum. So if you had, for example, ten people, that's going to be between you know an eight and ten person table, which is going to be tighter. And it's going to more, be more expensive to take up that largest space. But the idea is, is that everybody sort of splits what you're going to be paying at the nightclub. Here's a tip for you right now. If you think everybody's going to pay their own way, that is 100% never going to happen. You'll probably have eight of the 10 guys 
able to pay for whatever experience you're trying to do. Um, this is also where um, a lot of male bachelor parties differ from a lot of female bachelor parties. And this is, again, from my experience being a concierge dealing with bachelor and bachelorette parties, mostly like selling tickets and that kind of thing and booking reservations. Uh, men tend to kind of just say, screw it, I'll pay it, or hey, I'll meet you guys after. That's pretty much what I've seen in my experience as a concierge is that let's just say there's eight guys. Let's just say seven of them want to go see the show. Let's just say it's Ka or fantasy or something. And one of them says, oh, I don't feel like doing that. Or I don't want to, you know, I don't want to see that show. I'd rather go do something else. I want to gamble. And the whole thing is, is like, yeah, you're a group, but men are very quick to be like, all right, cool, man. I'll see you later. Sweet. Tell me what time I got to meet you guys up and then we'll go do whatever we're doing. So, Men tend to be a little bit easier to, to deal with in terms of that regard because of that whole, yeah, it's cool, man. We'll see you after. It's all good. Um, so that's that's one thing. Uh, women tend to be a little bit different. Uh, we can obviously get this get into this on the Bachelorette podcast, but um, a lot of women tend to, if one person doesn't do it, the entire group ends up not doing it, which... You know, it's just happen. It's just a part of you know the social experience of it, where everybody wants to be included, and this whole sort of idea of that we're you know we're a tribe, we're all together, um, even if you know everybody sort of hates one or two other people in the group, male and female, so it doesn't matter. But uh, I think it's also a stigma. Like a lot of women tend not to like to be alone um, in Las Vegas. Totally understandable. It's you know a lot of there's a lot of men in Las Vegas, um, but also like. It's just sort of like a societal thing, I think, being women tend not to sit at bars by themselves, especially ones that have, you know, been married or dating for a long time. Um, obviously, women have become much more independent, you know, over the past, you know, 30, 40 years where it's just a little bit more, I guess, like accepted, even though it's a kind of sounds so stupid, but women to be able to go to a bar and like not have to talk to you, um, which is completely, you know, like totally they're right like if if guys can do what women can do it obviously but there is that sort of stigma of like a lot of women don't want to be alone um they're all you know it's obviously like kind of a safety thing so i completely get that totally understand um i do think it sucks if you're that one person that's making everybody not do the thing you're supposed to do um and also a lot of like budgeting comes into it as well which brings me kind of to my next point is that you should always have a general budget of things you're going to do before you get there. And definitely this is where communicating with your group is super, super important before you even get to Las Vegas. This is like months ahead of time. If you have months to plan it, sometimes sort of it just a spur of the moment sort of bachelor party, which don't recommend spur of the moment bachelor parties. But it does happen where you, you know, you, you, you need the time. You need a little bit of time to sort of plan and figure out what you're going to do on this bachelor party. A lot of people end up doing group texts. They do emails. And they just sort of communicate, hey, this is how much this is going to be. We're going to, and I'll use my cruise ship example. Uh, we went on a Carnival cruise line, which is like 100% the not bougie uh, cruise line. Um, but it worked for everybody's budget, which is sort of something you have to worry about. Same thing with like when you're going to be picking a hotel. Make sure that you guys can all split it evenly. That's the one thing that everybody should be able to split evenly. And again, that's just the way it goes. But Knowing your budget before you go is one is very, very important. Knowing what you're spending on once you get there is also very, very important. It just makes it easier once you're there. Uh, but for example, on the cruise ship, we got the, the booking of what we were going to do. Um, we figured out, hey, we're going to be doing the drink package. Everybody should get the drink package because, you know, it has to go as a group because we did book as, as a group 
um, idea, and they didn't let one person get it and one person not get it. So we all had to do that at one point. Um, I'm also really bad with credit cards. So if you do have somebody who is able to be the credit card person for a lot of these transactions where you can't really split cards, um, find that person and or try to rotate it if you can, if you have the means to rotate. So again, these are just parts of planning the actual bachelor party. It shouldn't be stressful, but it's something that you kind of have to do is to actually plan a little bit or communicate ahead of time, you know, what we're working with in terms of budget. This goes back to one of the pods I did earlier, which is just be upfront with us. Just let us know how much money you have to spend on certain things, and we will do our best to accommodate that. Um, so yeah, that's very important. So moving on to the next part of it. Uh, oh yeah, I, I still want to go back to the planning thing. So um, this is important in terms of really budgeting your money and budgeting your time. So have something planned. The easiest two things that you can have planned for your bachelor party are planning lunch and planning dinner. Sometimes breakfast. Breakfast is also a good one. If I really had to say, I would definitely recommend planning a breakfast where you guys sort of work your way into like the lunch spot or sorry, the uh, breakfast spot. So cafe, whatever. Uh, but definitely, definitely just sort of gets you, it's really just gets you guys sort of in the same mindset. You also, it's really fun to kind of relive what happened the night before, sometimes not relive the night before, but it's sort of that fun part of the bachelor party that you kind of miss out on. You kind of miss thinking about, you're just always thinking about doing the activity, but never thinking about talking about doing the activity. So breakfast is a really great place to sort of get that out and also kind of plan the plan of attack for the day. Uh, another one that I highly recommend is always having dinner. Dinner is certainly a very important part of part of the day, obviously. But I got a couple of reasons. I'm going to break it down for you. Why? One of the important reasons to have dinner plans, like an actual reservation for dinner, is one, it breaks up your day. It really breaks up sort of the time of day. It sort of puts you kind of on a clock, but a very light clock of something that you'd want to do. You're looking forward to something. You're going to be dressing up for it as well. It's a good sort of time marker to tell you like, hey, daytime's over. It's going into nighttime. So that kind of gets you sort of in the mindset. It also gets you in the zone. It also lets you know that, hey, if I have dinner at 8 o'clock, I have to be back at the hotel. Let's just say 6, 30, 7 o'clock so I can shower, get ready, get all, get, you know, get all ready, get, get set up, uh, pregame, whatever you want to do, listen to music, talk to everybody, sort of gets you hyped for the night, and then you go to dinner, which is great. But it really sort of sets you out of that daytime activity, breaks up your day, sort of sets time to get you set up for the nighttime, and then you go. Uh, just because the worst thing you can do is just continue to gamble all, all night, which is a very important thing I want to bring up on the pod uh, coming up in a, just a few minutes, is you cannot gamble all day. Gambling all day does not happen. Especially if you are not a baller, like like if you're not spent, you know, if you're not able to sustain, you know, a couple thousand dollar losses in a day, then you shouldn't do it all day. Um, certainly, you should gamble. Obviously, if that's a thing that you can can do, if the group can do, totally do it. Um, also, you shouldn't pressure other people if they can't af afford to gamble to make them gamble. Um, that's not really nice. It's, it's, it's really not cool just because again, gambling is certainly an indulgence that if you can afford it, totally awesome. I love to gamble. Uh, but I don't gamble every day just because I do live in Las Vegas, but I do set time out when I can gamble. For example, when 
my uh, cousin had a bachelor party in Las Vegas. Um, I didn't gamble nearly as much as everybody else did, just because I knew that you know the odds weren't the greatest at the times that we were going. They weren't places that I particularly liked to gamble at, and that's just sort of my thing. Is that I am a I live here. I don't have to do it at that moment, even though it's fun too. But I've really sort of figured out how to not gamble um, while I'm here, even though I really really enjoy it. But again, don't pressure people to gamble if they don't want to. And also, if you're the person not gambling, do not tell people who are gambling to stop. Um, Obviously, that sounds really contradictory, but it is their choice to be doing what they're doing. So obviously, if someone is about to spend their entire life savings, maybe tell them to stop at some point. But you don't want to be the stick in the mud. You don't want to be the, oh my God, Like, do we have to keep gambling? You don't want to tell the group to stop, I guess is actually a better way to do it. Just because unless you're the person that's trying to get them to the car to get them to the next location that you've set up, you don't have to tell them to, hey, guys, you need to stop. It's like, hey, you know, maybe we can go do this instead. You know, hey, maybe we can go to this bar. If you're going to tell somebody to stop doing something, have an option ready that you guys are going to go do something. So that's another thing that I wanted to explain. So. Uh, I think I actually covered some of the things that you should and should not do if you are planning a, a bachelor party. The last thing I wanted to recommend, just here it's on my notes, is regardless of your group size, large or small, always make reservations in advance for food. It is one of the hardest things to do is to book a group, a very large group for a reservation in a restaurant. It's actually much harder than you guys think it is. A lot of times you have to have a credit card down. A lot of times there's a food and beverage minimum that has to be met. And it can sometimes be very difficult, especially on really big weekends like Cinco de Mayo weekend. Um, typically uh, March Madness, which you get a lot of men into town. A lot of men and women, but mostly men um, that come to watch March Madness. So it can be very, very busy. So just note that you should make your reservations super duper in advance. So. With that being said, we are now jumping into the restaurants that I would recommend for bachelors. So when I say this, this actually uh, is really to explain that some restaurants are made to be with a group. They're made to be, you know, fun and exciting and really for large groups and getting the night started. So these are a couple of the restaurants that I, you know, came to mind when I was making this list. Uh, through my you know history as a concierge, a couple of these places I would highly recommend, especially for large groups. So these two that I'm going to say first are really, really good at making reservations without having a food and beverage minimum. Obviously, if you have over a certain amount, you're going to have to do it at some point. But a place that actually takes very large parties and is very like bachelor oriented would be Strip Steak, which is over at the Mandalay Bay. So this place is very cool. It was actually just redone. It's a Michael Mina restaurant who's a wonderful, wonderful chef. He has um, Mina uh, or Michael Mina's at the Bellagio Hotel, which is a great restaurant. But Strip Steak at the Mandalay Bay is an absolutely fantastic option because, one, it has steak, which, you know, stereotypically, uh, typically on a bachelor party, they like to have steak. So that's usually something that I would recommend. But it's also a fantastic restaurant in terms of sides. They also have great steaks on the menu, of course. But it's also very big. It's open. It's airy. So it's good for loud talking. It's good for loud groups because you don't want to go to some place where you're going to have to be quiet. So this is a great option if you're going to want to have that party vibe, but still, you know, be with all the guys and also be in a really good price range because it is definitely slipping into the, like, let's just say 
three dollar signs out of four dollar signs for strip steak. So great location, great spot. It's a little bit on the end of the strip, which isn't great, but when you have a large group, you kind of have to be flexible in terms of where things are. So strip steak would be your steakhouse option if you are coming to Vegas for a bachelor party and going to want steak. Another option I would recommend is Sushi Roku. Sushi Roku is at Caesar's Palace. It actually has a great view of the Strip because they have beautiful windows that look out to Las Vegas Boulevard. And they also do they do some steak. They also do sushi, which is their focus. They have these really cool sort of banked uh, booths, which are really great. You know, it's for, for you know for larger groups. They also have regular table seating, and they also have a very large table seating area. Uh, in their sushi bar they also have uh, one bar actually they have two bars one really long one and they also have a nice little short one when you walk in but i recommend this just because it's a very diverse menu it has some things that are like chicken teriyaki that are very approachable and they also have things like nigiri and they also have yellowtail and a huge array of sushi and rolls on the menu so it also is you know not bad in terms of pricing it's really sort of in in the middle where everybody can kind of get something that fits their price range, which is really great. It's really hard to actually find that. And they take very large groups. So that's another thing. They take large groups and don't typically need a credit card on file to make that reservation. You're going to find that with a lot of places, they want that food and beverage you know, minimum, and they also want that credit card on file. But the good thing is they take large groups. Um, we, I did take a large group there one time when we were late, but they did. they were able to fit us in still. We just had to wait a little bit, you know, until a certain time. So, Sushi Roku, that's at the Forum Shops at Caesar's Palace. That's going to be where the rotating or, sorry, spiraling escalators are uh, inside of Caesar's Palace. And it is a really great option. And it's great for, actually, it's great for dates. It's also really great for large groups as well. I just throw the dates in there because it's important. Um, so moving on, uh, a couple different other choices, which these are going to be a little bit more atmospheric based. Um, Lavo, which is over at the Venetian and Palazzo property. I believe it's actually at the Palazzo. Um, when you go to the Palazzo and they have their uh, front desk, it's going to be located in that area. So Lavo is a very cool, it's a very modern sort of restaurant. Um, when I say modern, it's, it just means that it's been made in like the last 15 years. And this place is actually, or at least it was, owned by Eva Longoria for a long time. And it's very cool on the inside. It's very, you know, hip and, you know, obviously modern. Uh, has Italian food. That's sort of their focus. It's usually modern Italian, uh, but not too crazy. But it's very approachable. They have, you know, these giant meatballs. They obviously have very large room. This also looks out to the Las Vegas Strip. And this was actually a place that I recommended to one of the listeners who was asking about the bachelor party, his bachelor party specifically, that they wanted specifically a party brunch spot. And much harder than, the, than you think to find a party brunch spot in Las Vegas, at least one for guys. That's the thing is there's a lot of brunch places in Las Vegas for women. And you might hear me on the pod sort of separate this a lot, like like for men and for women. The thing is, is that that's how they market things for these places is in those generalities. So that's how we have to think as sort of concierges. It's like, who is this made for? Who's going to benefit from having these things? So 
that's the way that we have to think. So Lavo is really great because it has a great mix of men and women. So it has a great mix of a place where you can meet other people, have a good time, party, and sort of get into what you're looking to get into on Vegas. So this place is called Lavo, but they also have what's called Lavo Brunch, which is typically on Saturdays and Sundays. It sort of takes place at the pool party while it's, you know, cold outside. Um, obviously, as we get more into pool season, these Lavo brunches don't become as popular because everybody ends up going to the pool party. But Lavo brunches are absolutely fantastic. They're out of this world. You're certainly going there to eat a little bit, but you're also there to party a lot as well. Uh, just know that Lavo brunch does operate differently than like the dinner. Lavo brunch will have spending minimums required, especially for large groups. You can buy general admission tickets to get into the door, but for the Lavo party atmosphere with larger groups like bachelor parties uh they actually do do special bookings for that um i always recommend especially if you're doing anything with tau group uh tau group is the company that runs lavo brunch um i would recommend elliot ailman who you can find on twitter he is a uh host over at the tau and marquee group and he can do many, many different uh, nightclubs. But only reach out to him if you're going to be booking a table uh, or, you know, a cabana or a, a booth of that of that sort. So just know that he only deals with those sort of like high-end, you know, looking special occasion things. So remember, when you if you're going to reach out to him, make sure that you're doing it for uh, tables and booths. Or sorry, tables and cabanas or daybeds at Tau Beach, which is a great option if you're going to be doing a pool. So moving on from Lavo, uh, we also have Tau, which is also at the Venetian. Uh, this is a great restaurant because it's very large. It's very big, very LA, very much like a place to be seen and, and be. But also it has a DJ inside, so it really kind of keeps the party going. They have large tables, which is very good for larger groups, obviously. They have a very diverse menu. It's typically Asian-inspired. It's usually a Asian fusion for a lot of these cool, hip restaurants. But the reason that I recommend Tao is because it's also located or right next to the Tao nightclub. So typically places like this that are connected to nightclubs know how to cater to larger parties, which means they don't require credit cards for reservations. They know how to deal with larger groups. They know how to cater to that. Uh, that need in terms of having larger size dishes that they can share. And uh, that's something that I think you can really benefit from by going to Tao. Uh, when I went, um, I went as a concierge and they had a DJ and the DJ was playing, you know, playing music while we're there. And it just really is just this really fun hip vibe that I had over at Tao. So that's an option for dinner. If you're looking for another dinner option, obviously you can always check for different things. In terms of restaurants, everything the, nothing fits for everybody, but these are a couple options that I've found over the years to be very good options for bachelor parties in general. So moving on to my next place, our next activity. Um, I always recommend you have an activity while you're here, especially if you're here for multiple days. If you're here for three days, obviously it's very hard to fit in an activity because you're here for three days. You basically got here one day, you have one night, you have a whole day and night of doing something, and then you have the day after, and then you probably go home. So a thing that I'm going to recommend is if you are here for like four days to have a daytime activity planned, a couple of daytime activities that I'd recommend sort of in general would be 
shooting experiences, especially for those of you that come from, you know, cities and you don't have a lot of firearms or that kind of thing around. Um, and you've always wanted to experience it, especially we get this a lot for people from Australia, the UK, Europe, because there's much stricter gun laws there, obviously. We do have a lot of uh, shooting gun experiences. So um, these are a couple of the ones that I would recommend in terms of service, um, pricing, and really just overall, uh, really all overall the service aspect of it for these uh, shooting our gun experiences. So uh, Machine Guns Vegas is probably the number one machine gun experience in Las Vegas. So that's funny that they all kind of went into the same, into the title. But Machine Gun Vegas is absolutely fantastic. Typically, you have to pick a package. You can also do it per gun, but typically they do recommend picking the packages. Uh, if you do any of the packages, they do provide transportation to and from the hotel, which is a plus. They will do, you know, larger groups. They also have bachelor party experiences where they have like rooms where you can, you know, compare, you know, who shot the best. They do a whole thing. The most important thing to note though is that whenever you do any of these shooting gun experiences is that you cannot drink. You cannot drink within 24 hours essentially or, you know, a couple hours within your shooting experience. It's usually like 10 hours, I think. So um, usually like within the day. So that's kind of how they, they, they do it. So just know that you cannot drink doing this. So when you go to the to the shooting range, they do have like a cool bachelor, a bachelor party like side of the experience of the uh, the store. Um, and it's actually not a store. It's actually a very large like warehouse kind of thing. And they get to you know do all these fun things. There's music and all this other stuff. So Highly recommend Machine Guns Vegas as a shooting experience. The shooting experiences tend to run between 120 and like 250 bucks, uh, but there's a bunch of stuff in between that. So I'm just sort of giving you the two sort of top tier options, and um, just note that you know it can get more expensive just if you buy more ammo, obviously. So and shoot bigger guns, but really good experience. So highly recommend Machine Guns Vegas. Very professional staff, and they're very very helpful as well. Uh, another one I'd recommend, Battlefield Vegas is really good, and also Range 702 is also two other good options for machine gun experiences. I do know that Machine Gun Vegas, Battlefield Vegas, and I believe the Range 702 all provide transportation, which is very helpful, especially if you're at the Strip. Um, if you are on the higher end of, in terms of budgeting, um, a really fun experience that I'd highly recommend is our driving experiences. So we do have experiences that are known as driving experiences where you drive exotic cars. So two companies in town that I'd highly recommend are Speed Vegas and Exotics Racing. They're in two different parts of town. Um, Exotics Racing typically has a pickup at the Aria Hotel. They have two pickups, but that's the one I always remembered was the Aria and you have to get yourself to and from the Aria, of course. And then they drive you out to the Las Vegas Motor Speedway or their sort of space. And you're able to drive exotic cars. Uh, they range from Ferraris to Aston Martins to um, the sports car Audis as well. And they're really fun experiences. Usually you get to drive about five laps. That's usually sort of the standard. And they typically range between uh, $300 and you know, $600 depending on the car you drive. Obviously, the more laps you do, the more expensive it gets. So you can always add on once you're there. But again, these can be pricier experiences, especially with a large group. But if your group, let's just say there's like eight of you, can af can each afford to do one ride, you know, one car each? Awesome. 
but just know it can be quite an expansive experience, especially depending on your budget. Uh, Speed Vegas, I would definitely say, is the more affordable of the two options, uh, which is still just as good. They still have the same type of cars, Aston Martins, Ferraris, and they have experiences ranging, again, from like 250 up until, you know, 600 bucks, depending on the car you drive, obviously. Um, they also provide drifting experiences at the Speed Vegas, but just know that you are not doing the drifting. There is a professional on hand to do the drifting for you. Uh, but a lot of a lot of people do tend to like Speed Vegas because of the types of track that it is. A lot more turns, a couple more straightaways. Uh, but Exotics Racing is also fantastic, and they tend to have a very top-notch staff that works at Exotics Racing. So a couple other things I wanted to fit in here uh, that I remembered sort of as I was writing. Probably one of the cooler – these are really two really awesome experiences to do during the daytime and even into the nighttime, and that is – Top Golf, which I think a lot of us are familiar with. Top Golf. Top Golf tends to be something that you can find where you are from, but here in Las Vegas, there is it's the largest one, so it actually is three floors, technically four floors, but it has three floors. They also have a pool, a uh, great place for like watching UFC fights and stuff, but really great view of the Strip, which is awesome. But something to do maybe for like you know an hour, hour and a half. But really, really fun experience at Top Golf. It tends to be, you know, a little bit pricier depending on the levels that you're at. Check their website to see what the pricing is for the day that you're going. Obviously, the evenings and weekends are the most expensive. Daytimes tend to be the least expensive. But I would 100% say you have to do the second or third floor, which I believe the third floor, which is the very top floor for normal golfers normal people um that is adults only so 18 and over on that floor it could be 21 and over gotta remember that gotta think but anyways the third floor is adults only so top golf is a really great option most people have it in their towns but one thing that you may not have in your town unless you're from a very large city and that is our flight club flight club is really really fun flight club is actually a dart experience which is a great thing to do like before you go out or even during the daytime it's really cool it has a very carnival you know nightmare alley kind of feel of it sort of like the um, the music of like the, the barrel organ and all that good stuff but other than that they actually have really great drinks but even cooler they have all their these sort of dart experiences these sort of bays where you can shoot darts with your friends. They have really great sort of wood booths that also have, you know, they obviously have padding, and it's really, really cool. It has a great view of the strip, but it can be really fun in there. So it's a really fun, chill vibe. You can do buckets of beer, which is really great for, you know, bachelor parties. Would highly recommend Flight Club, one of the newer things in town to do while you're here. Really great menu, but they can do, you know, large groups, and it's sort of set up to be a place to host bachelor parties. So highly recommend Flight Club and you tend to get a lot of women there as well, just because they do like sort of the the feel of that sort of carnival-y kind of atmosphere. So that's Flight Club, and that's over at the Palazzo. A little bit hidden. It's right next to the bridge that crosses over to the Wynn Hotel. So just remember, right next to the Wynn Hotel, right next to the bridge that crosses over to the Wynn Hotel. So a couple other things, like if you're going to be doing golfing, a couple options in terms of golfing, I would recommend Bally High if you wanted something close to the Strip. Really great views of Mandalay Bay, hitting off of, I believe, like number 80, coming into, uh, into the clubhouse. And then also the prices for golfing, by the way, at Bally High tend to range from like 150 175 all the way up to 250 
275 depending on the time of year. This is also one of the locations that you can do the um, what here's your caddy or, your, or like sexy caddies basically. Uh, totally forgot the name of the company that runs it, but they too tend to have them all the time. Um, I'm actually going to look it up while I still have you here. Bally High Golf Club. But I went and I went with my dad. We did not get these wonderful ladies because they were very expensive. Um, but uh, sometimes you guys have the budget for it. So I'll actually look it up for you now. I wish I would have had it on, on hand. Uh, let's see. As we scroll the internet. While I'm doing that, another option I'd recommend is Revere. Revere is going to be more of a more of like a local golf course but it actually is in henderson but has beautiful views of the strip so would highly recommend revere i like to golf there every so often uh so that's sort of on my side of town all right everybody so i did find the name of the thing and it's called parmates that's the name of it parmates um don't know why they're called that somebody explained to me why they're called parmates i mean i get par because that's like par for the course. Mates, par mates. Maybe because it's playmates, but par mates. I think I figured it out. I'm on it. We did it all alone. Look at us. Um, but yeah, they're really, you know, they're essentially models that also like may know how to play golf, which is cool. I wouldn't know because I never got one. Um, but yeah, they're, they're there, sort of like atmosphere. They're for fun, obviously. They can carry up to, I think, two bags so you can get one caddy for two people. Uh, but they tend to, you know, require, uh, I believe you have to pay like 200 bucks for them because, you know, paying for their time. So do what you want to do. Uh, they also have regular caddies, I think, but they also have golf carts as well. So uh, other things to know about if you're going to be golfing, um, before I actually get to that, I did want to recommend my favorite golf club in Las Vegas I've ever been to. That is Rio Seco, which is going to be, again, on the a little bit off the strip. A uh, little note, most of the good golf courses are going to be off of the Strip. There's places like Las Vegas National, which is, you know, nice, but it's sort of a muni for those of you golfers that know what that is. Uh, that tends to be a little bit more municipal, even though it doesn't have municipal in name. But fun fact, the Las Vegas Golf Club, or the Las Vegas International, or Las Vegas National, get it right, is where Tiger Woods won his very, very first PGA Tour victory. So there you go. You can see history. Uh, but other than that, um, a couple of the golf courses that are, you know, highly rated that are on the strip would be the Wynn Golf Club. That goes for five to $600 a round per person, so it could be quite pricey. Another one that people get a lot, of, a lot of publicity on is Shadow Creek, which Shadow Creek is always rated as one of the best golf courses in Las Vegas, if not Nevada, if not the world, to be honest. It's where people like Michael Jordan have a clubhouse and that kind of thing. If you want to know more about Shadow Creek, I'll be doing a golf episode soon. Uh, but Shadow Creek tends to, uh, this is you know important to note, you can only golf at Shadow Creek if you are staying at an MGM property and you know registered, obviously, and only Monday through Thursday. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday are strictly reserved for casino-invited guests. So if you gamble enough, you can play on those days. So... Um, also things to remember is if you're going to be renting clubs, which most people do, uh, rent, rental clubs tend to be between, you know, between 60 and $80, depending on where you go. Just remember the more expensive the golf course, the more expensive your rental clubs are going to be. 
So last bit of things I wanted to talk about is if you can come here during pool party season, Stadium Swim is a great option. Encore Beach is a great option. Marquee Encore Beach is probably the best day club in Las Vegas. Uh, close second would be like Marquee. Uh, Tau is typically pretty cool. Tau tends to have a lot more like hip hop, but they also have EDM as well. Uh, Wet Republic is cool. Uh, Wet Republic, depending on the day, could have a lot of dudes at it. Same thing with like Stadium Swim, which is at Circa, which, you know, is an awesome experience to watch any games, 100%. But you tend to get a lot of guys there, especially like during March Madness, usually more guys than women at that particular event. So just know what events are in town, and that's important to note. So I think we did it. We ran through it. We ran through it all. Good job, Brian. Yeah, um, it was a very extensive episode. Uh, I do want to say thank you to Stevie, I believe, is the person who reached out to me about our uh, his bachelor party. So I think you guys are going to have a great time. Um, I did give a recommendation for his his group to have Asian cuisine, which, uh, which uh, was Kobata which I've ever actually never had that question before. So I'm glad that I actually kind of knew about it. There's a couple of places that I recommended. We're going to keep it to ourselves because, you know, I did come up with a uh, final uh, sign-off for this fantastic podcast, and you'll be hearing it soon and probably after every episode, and you'll know that I am done. Uh, it's coming up next. So uh, for this week, this was Concierge Confidential. I'm your host, Brian Ortega. And remember, keep it confidential. Hey everybody, this is Brian Ortega from Concierge Confidential. Just letting you know about a new podcast that we have out. It's called Last Night in Vegas with me, Brian Ortega. Hopefully you're able to listen to it. Um, it'll be periodically put out throughout the week. And usually if I go out in the evening, you'll probably be hearing a podcast about how that night went. So make sure to check out our new podcast, Last Night in Vegas, presented by... Neon Smoke Productions. <laughs>